to Single Soulmate Podcast, where we help you, the love warrior or love warrior to be, to go from single to with your soulmate, living the life of your dreams. Well, hello, hello, hello. Um, today's talking about mindset, and we're going to be talking about mindset in uh, in one particularly focused area. And that is, I have tried everything. What should I do now? Um, first of all, we're going to look at, have you really tried everything? There's a question that we ask. I wonder if that's really true. So when you say I've tried everything, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about should you hire a matchmaker? That kind of thing. So uh, these uh, episodes of Facebook Live, these episodes are about uh, helping you move forward in your life. And I'm assuming you're watching or listening because you're single and you don't want to be. You're frustrated and you don't want to be. You're not making progress and you want to make progress. You're not seeing any guys around you, good guys, quality guys, and you would like to, right? Um, so today we're talking about mindset and, um, and, and, you know, I've tried everything. Should I hire a matchmaker? So the first question is, really, have you tried everything? Really? Um, most of the time, like 99% of the time when someone says they've tried everything with air quotes there. Um, what they really mean is I've tried everything that is relatively easy, cheap and convenient. It's really what they mean, right? Um, and when I say easy, I mean like emotionally easy. When I say cheap, I just mean cheap, right? Uh, don't have to invest too much in your life and your dreams and convenient in that it works around your life, right? Now let's think about the easy thing. It is easy to take things at arm's length. Read a book, read a blog article, watch a video, even take a, 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 a digital download course, right? Where you just like, oh, I got this course, I downloaded it and now I'm, I'm ready to go. So this is easy from an emotional standpoint because there's no accountability there. There's no one to ask questions uh, and there's no one to question you, right? So you get to kind of just gather information, right? And so all of the gathering of information is relatively easy because there's no like looking in the mirror, confronting your stuff, right? You don't really have to do that. You do in the sense of like, hmm, I never thought about, wow, okay, that's good information. Wait, let me make sure to do that. So there's that standpoint, but there isn't anyone to, to hold you accountable, to question your thinking, and to get you to look at things a different way. Um, there's a, uh, a, a joke about a um, uh, guy who's uh, outside at night under a street lamp looking for his lost keys and uh he's just looking around looking around and looking for my lost keys and somebody comes by and is trying to be helpful like oh did you lose something yeah i lost my keys oh my goodness well, i'm not 
you know, and they look around for a few minutes and they're like, well, I don't, I don't see anything here. What, uh, are you sure you lost him here? No, I didn't lose him here. I lost him like over there, but the light's better over here. See what I mean? That's what I mean by easy. Uh, easy in the sense of like, it's easier to do stuff where the light's better, but where you're lost, what's stopping you? The light's not so good. And you need some help from somebody who can hold up a flashlight in an area that you haven't been able to because it's a blind spot for you or you haven't wanted to because it's just too deep and you just don't want to go there, right? That's that phrase. I just don't want to go there. So the I've done everything really comes with a lot of asterisks, right? So I talked about easy, cheap, um, just, I mean, point blank, cheap right? It's just, it doesn't cost very much. Um, you know, a book, a blog, a couple hundred dollar, you know, course, you're like, yeah, that's about the max I want to spend on me and my dreams and my desires and creating a relationship for the rest of my life. And if it doesn't come with that, well then whatever, right? So if cheap is the way to go, if cheap is the way you're thinking, cheap is what you're going to get. If low investment is the way you're thinking, low investment is what you're going to get, you know? Uh, if easy, cheap, and convenient, like it's got to work around my life that I want to change. Like in other words, I want to change my life. I want to have a different life, but I'm committed to doing everything to not disrupt or interfere with in any significant way this life that I have. And if the life that you had was the life that you wanted, you wouldn't be in this group. You wouldn't be watching or listening to this. You wouldn't be seeking help to change your life because the life that you have is the life that you want, right? And so uh, when you think about if you're only going for easy, cheap, and convenient, uh, and nobody's saying it has to be like, knuckles bloody hard, you know, costs as much as a yacht or a, I don't know what, like a Lamborghini or something like that, or a million dollar house. Um, no one is saying that you have to spend more money than you have access to, right? Uh, no one is saying that, okay, great, you have to buy this yacht, it's $2 million or buy this you know, shack in the San Francisco Bay Area for a million dollars. Like no one is saying that or convenient like, oh, I don't want to upturn my whole life and never work again and have to, you know, go to a ashram in India and, you know, meditate on a mountaintop for like 16 hours a day. Like no one is saying you have to upturn your whole life, but there is going to be some change in your life in order for there to be some change in your life. You see what I'm saying, All right? So uh, when you think of uh, I've done everything, you really have to question, have I really just done everything that's easy, cheap, and convenient, or some combination thereof, right? Um, and when you say, well, I can't do something that's not easy, that's a little bit more challenging, I can't do something that's, instead of cheap, something that is uh, more, um, you know, just more premium, more like, you know, to get shit done. I mean, just think about like, if something were really important to you, like, let's say you wanted to, uh, I, I did natural uh, vision correction. So I had 
really bad. These are just uh, blue blocker glasses because I'm on the computer and under LED lights and it's not so good for your eyes. So I just wear these to kind of, you see they have like a little bit of a yellow tint uh, and that blocks out the LED light and stuff like that. But I did anyway, years ago I did natural vision correction and it was several thousand dollars. Same price as like getting LASIK or something like that. Um, but uh, just imagine if you, I didn't get LASIK, I did it all naturally, but let's say you were going for LASIK, you know, you needed to, you're like, all right, I'm sick of wearing contacts and glasses, I wanna do something. And let's say there was like uh, cheapo, affordable eye laser surgery. And then there was the best laser eye surgery, LASIK eye surgery, which one would you wanna go for? Would you be like, yeah, it's just my eyes, just give me the cheap one. Or would you be like, you know what? I actually want to go for the best. You know, that's going to cost more, right? So anyway, thinking about cheap and then convenient again is okay. So you, you realize, okay, there needs to be some change in your life in order to be some change in your life. Um, but you're like, okay, but I don't want to have to, you know, meditate for 16 hours a day and, you know, whatever, do all these things and stop working or my business or something like that and just focus on like, Okay, so there's a lot of area between no change in your life and completely upturning your entire life overnight, right? So like, okay, I may have to move some things around and, and, and you know, do some things uh, a little differently and not watch that show and, you know, stuff like that. I may have to change my, my life a little bit in order to change my life. So once you get past that, but still there's a feeling of I've tried everything, right? I've done everything. So let's say you have that feeling of I've done everything and you're thinking I should hire like, or maybe should I hire a matchmaker? So here's there, there most of the time when people uh, ask, should I hire a matchmaker? Or they're thinking, oh, I should hire a matchmaker. Here's what they're, they're thinking of. They're thinking of efficiency. Sounds like a good thing, right? Efficiency. I want you to think about this. This shortcuts the personal growth journey that is required for you to go from dating guys that are like a level five on the scale of one to 10, 10 being the most awesome, perfect guy for you, one being like horrible, but five being like, all right, okay. From dating level five guys to dating level 10 guys, it's not just that you haven't bumped into them yet, uh, but it, 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 uh, there's a transformational journey, a personal growth journey that needs to happen. Uh, you can do it on your own and, you know, however long you want to kind of DIY it or bootstrap it and stuff like that. You can do it with, with, uh, someone like us. We'll take you step by step. You'll get there a lot faster than you possibly could on your own if you ever get there on your own. But either way, there's a personal growth journey to go from dating the level five guys to dating the level 10 guys and having a relationship with a level 10 guy and then having that be your life. So there's a personal growth journey, but efficiency kind of shortcuts that. Here's the other thing about efficiency. Efficiency is primarily a masculine trait. So like I have this mug in my office. Let me put that. Get shit done. You know what that is? That's a masculine trait. It's a masculine kind of way of thinking of things. And a matchmaker is basically built around the idea of efficiency. So if you're thinking, yeah, efficiency, that makes sense. What that means is that your maybe masculine way of thinking about things in, in your work life is completely uh, 
taken over your personal life as well, where you're thinking of efficiency in your personal life. And that means you're masculine at work and masculine at home. That means that you are, you're in your personal life, you're more still in your masculine, which is gonna be hard for you to have a healthy masculine feminine dynamic, gonna be very hard for you to attract a masculine healthy man. Uh, you can attract guys that are non-committal, you can attract guys that are not that masculine, not that strong, not that take charge, not that uh, safe, not that secure feeling because you're already in a masculine. So the masculine and the masculine, even in, in a uh, relationship with two men or two women, one is more masculine, one is more feminine. But in the, you know, like what we work with, uh, heterosexual couples, there's generally speaking, the man is more masculine and the woman is more feminine. Uh, the man can be focused more on efficiency in the personal life. That's just how he thinks. And you need to be able to take your masculine jacket, so to speak, put it on at work and then take it off when you come home and not be thinking of your personal life as something that you just need to knock that shit out. You just need to, you know, get shit done, right? In some of the uh, matchmaking uh, services, they'll even set the lunch up uh, for you. So the guy doesn't even have to, to do that. So it's extremely efficient in an area that efficiency shouldn't really be the focus. It's not going to help you as much as you think. Um, uh, a lot of times when people uh, think of that, they think not only because it's more efficient, but they also think, well, I've tried everything. Um, I'm not getting any interest from, you know, high quality men in online dating or online apps or whatever. Uh, not at church, not at work, not social gatherings, whatever. Um, and the then you, you're not getting any interest in there. And then you make an interpretation of why that is. And this is critical because what's underneath it, if, if that is your reason for thinking, oh, I want to get a matchmaker and stuff like that, is because you're thinking it's a problem of exposure, meaning I simply don't have enough, um, you know, prospects in front of me. And what I need is just more guys to sift through. Right. And um, and then you have to go into the question is, how are you sifting through these guys, the ones that you're seeing and stuff like you're like, no, it's impossible. There's nobody around. Um, we've had so many clients where they work with us. They change the, the frame through which they're looking and they start to realize that the guy their dream man is right there. We had one woman who this guy was literally chasing her for nine years. She just never thought of him in that way. He was not a fit for her, all this type of stuff. And in working with us, she realized this guy is my dream man. And I just didn't realize it because he came in a different physical package than what she thought. Anyway, now they're married, got two kids, lovely life, awesome couple, stuff like that. Um, but the guy was literally right under her nose and coming after her, not in like a stalking, you know, perverty kind of way, but just like letting her know that he was interested year after year, nine freaking years. Uh, he just never went away. So you're like, oh, no, I don't have anybody like that in my life. So many women. We had one woman who was a coworker um, who she was like, I just never saw him. I never thought of him like that. And the, re the reason she realized when she uh, told us this is she realized that she wanted a level 10 relationship, but she herself wasn't a level 10 
herself. Not that she was a bad person, she was an awesome person, but uh, she realized that she just had some work to do, which is what she did with us. So, um, so when you, uh, I want you to think about this idea of it's just a numbers game. I want you to think of it in terms of like a job, right? Like, let's say that you were a supervisor or a boss and you needed to, um, you know, you needed to hire somebody for uh, a new position, right? And so you put out an ad in Indeed, I don't know, um, Craigslist, whatever. And you got this applicant and you're like, person's all wrong for this. Like what made them think they could apply for this job? No. And then next person you're like, yeah, you're not a good fit. What made you think you could? No, no, no. And then person after person after person. And you have the same ad in Indeed and in Craigslist and you're getting all of these applicants, but you're like, what we really need is to take that same ad and put it on monster.com. And I don't know what all the different sites are, you know? All these, and you, we need to put that on more sites. It's like, are you paying attention to the feedback that you're getting? That ad is getting you certain applicants and they're not good quality applicants, right? So the idea that it's a numbers game and what you need to do is expand your exposure, you have to really look at, is the exposure that you want going to be basically just like taking it off of Craigslist or Indeed and putting it on monster.com. And now I can't remember all the different, you know, things that I ads that I've heard for, for, you know, resume websites, but putting it on more sites, the same ad that's getting you low quality people, right? So if you're getting low quality applicants for the job of being your husband, why would you want to take the same ad and then pump it out to a bunch more people. It's basically what um, what uh, matchmaking would do is bring you that because who would be telling the matchmaker who you are, what you're looking for? You, the same person that has written your online dating profile, the same person that is meeting people at uh, church or you know social gatherings or whatever the same person and the same way of being and the same way of thinking the same energy the same masculine feminine um flow that you have or don't have you're taking the same everything and just pumping it out to more people right the the other way to think of it in terms of like a job is think about um in a, in a job setting, when you're interviewing, let's say you're a supervisor or a boss or something like that, and you're interviewing people, if you know anything about that process, you know that you have to ask each applicant virtually the same questions in order to be able to compare applicant one from applicant five from applicant 20. So that means that you have to have a, a decision-making structure. You have to have a filtering system. You have to have a discernment structure. And in dating and, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in dating, <clears throat> you have to have a clear discernment process, a clear decision-making framework. If you don't have a clear discernment process, then it's like going into a job interview situation where again you're the boss or supervisor and you're in, 
um, uh, you know, interviewing applicants and you ask applicant one, tell me about yourself. What do you like to do? You know, that kind of thing. Oh, who's your favorite basketball team and baseball player and stuff like that? Okay, great. Wow. We had a good conversation. It's really good talking to you. Um, we'll let you know. And then you ask applicant two, what's your favorite foods? Uh, do you like that? I get a good feeling from you. Yeah, I really like, we both like Thai food. I love Thai food, the peanut sauce. Oh my God. I just love that. And then you talk about that. Have you been to this restaurant in Copenhagen? Oh, you have? Awesome. What about that restaurant in New York? Oh yeah. Awesome. And you do that and you go, okay, great. Well, I'll let you know. And then you go to applicant three and you say, um, do you know how to do coding of uh, I don't know anything about coding, but do you know how to do this kind of coding or that kind of coding? Do you know how to work on JavaScript or Ruby on Rails or whatever? Do you know how to do that? Oh, yes. Okay, definitely. Okay, great. And, and uh, okay, and do you know how to operate this particular system? Yeah, you do. Okay, great, great. All right, good. All right, thank you very much. I'll come. So you've got three applicants there, but you've asked them so many different questions because your thought process was all over the place. And so you don't really know why you, and let's say you hired somebody and out of the three of them, you hired the one who liked the Thai food. And you're like, man, this didn't work out very well at all. Maybe I should have hired the, the person who, um, you know, liked the warriors like I did, you know? Or maybe I should have hired the person who, um, you know, knew Ruby on Rails. Um, you know, and then let's say you did that with five, like, you don't really know how you made that decision and you don't know whether the way you made that decision makes sense for what you're doing for the job of whatever the job is. And if you don't have a clear discernment process, a clear decision-making framework around which you're, you're going through your dating process, then it doesn't really matter how many applicants come in front of you. You don't really know how you're making this decision anyway. And so you could, discount somebody who was awesome and welcome in somebody who's not a good fit simply because you don't have a reliable way of discerning who's right for you, who's not right for you, right? Um, and a lot of people, oh no, I common interests, chemistry, those are like such poor quality decision-making tools and discernment processes, it's like virtually non-existent. So you wanna really look at, uh, at, at that. Um, and so, <clears throat> um, or maybe you say, well, I, I need to hire a matchmaker because, you know, men are intimidated by me. They say I'm too much, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm going to tell the matchmaker person, I need a strong man. You know, that's what I need. I need a strong man. who's not going to be intimidated by me. Tell me I'm too much, that kind of thing. But again, you're, you're asking the person to do something that you haven't been able to do yourself, which is find that that healthy masculine feminine, excuse me, uh, flow between you in such a way that a strong man would be attracted to you instead of turned off by you, repelled by you, or simply avoiding you, right? So these are the things that are underneath a, well, maybe I should hire a matchmaker. I've tried everything. That's what's underneath it. So when should you hire a matchmaker? When you literally feel like you have done everything you can, you've gone beyond what is easy, cheap, and convenient. 
You've really invested in yourself. You've gone beyond what's easy into what's challenging. You've gone beyond what's cheap. You've invested at a premium level. You can't walk into Walmart and expect to walk out with a Tiffany ring. You just can't. You can't think cheap and get champagne. You can't have Kool-Aid taste and have a Kool-Aid mindset and expect to have champagne and caviar. You just can't, you know? Um, and then convenient. You can't only do what is easy and will easily, you know, smoothly fit into the schedule of the life that you have that you're totally wanting to change and expect to have your life change. You can't not be willing to make some changes in your life if you want your life to change, right? Uh, so when should you uh, hire a matchmaker? When you've gone beyond the easy, cheap, and convenient, you have a clear discernment process around dating. You have a clear decision-making framework around dating. You have a healthy masculine-feminine dynamic. You understand masculine-feminine dynamic. You know how to take off your masculine uh, coat at work, put this type of thinking down, and ease into your feminine in an effortless way where you feel um, happy being feminine and you understand what it really means to be feminine and you put that at a high value. Because if you don't put you being a woman at a high value, no self-respecting, healthy, masculine man can do it for you. He just can't. So it has to start with you. So if you're in that position, then yes, it, it makes sense to, uh, to hire a matchmaker because even if they bring you, you know, the most amazing guy in the world, you won't fuck it up. Whereas if you don't have a clear decision-making framework, you're not in a uh, place where you're effortlessly feminine and radiant and, and magnetic, and you understand healthy masculine feminine dynamics, not intellectually, but you're living it, then even the best guy in the world is gonna get screwed up. It just is, you know? It's like that job interview situation. You got a great applicant, but you asked them the wrong questions, you weren't really clear, stuff like that. Or, uh, so anyway, so so that's when a matchmaker makes sense, you know? Um, but if you can't answer, yep, I've gone beyond the easy, cheap, and convenient. Yes, I have a very clear, dependable, reliable decision-making framework or discernment process when it comes to dating and evaluating uh, prospective relationships. Um, I feel confident and at ease with men that I think are at a level 10 for me. Uh, I feel confident and at ease with myself. I feel confident and at ease about being a woman. I know how to take off my masculine kick ass, take names, get shit done at work kind of feeling and, and ease into my feminine. Um, then you're really just going to be wasting your money. And matchmakers can be five, ten, twenty thousand dollars or more. Um, and it just is like taking the money and just lighting it on fire. Um, now, could you get lucky? Heck yeah. But I can think of a lot of other things you can do with that money that get a much better return um, than that. I mean, you could get lucky just, you know, walking down the street too, but nobody thinks that walking down the street and bumping into somebody is a great plan. Um, but walking down the street won't cost you, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars you know? So, um, so anyway, so that is the, uh, the whole thinking process. What's underneath that question. If you got any questions, ask me, uh, here. Um, and, uh, yeah, 
I hope you enjoyed this particular episode of your mindset. And um, yeah, see you next time on another Facebook Live. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Hey, if you're a single professional woman who's had success in your career or business and you want your love life to match that success, and you're looking to get a lot of clarity right now about why true love hasn't been knocking on your door, and more importantly, what you can do about it, then you're going to want to book a Love Breakthrough Clarity Call right away with one of our Love Breakthrough Specialists. She'll get on the phone or Zoom call with you one-on-one to assess exactly what's been holding you back in love. Why is it that other people are finding love and you aren't? And she'll also go over with you what is it that you really want and how can you get it as quickly as possible? Now, by the end of this compassionate and professional assessment, you'll finally have clarity plus an immediately actionable path forward. All you have to do is go to singletosoulmate.com forward slash call to book that free call. Again, it's singletosoulmate.com forward slash call for complimentary love breakthrough call that is for you if you're a single professional woman who is as serious about her love life right now as you've been in your life about getting your degree or degrees, your career or business success, all of that stuff. If you want to have it all and you're ready to finally have some clarity and get a breakthrough, an actionable path forward, then this is for you. Again, that's singletosoulmate.com forward slash call to book your life-changing one-on-one assessment call right away.